Do you remember the plot to abduct the governor of Michigan in the United States? I mean, this was a huge story a few years ago, and it seemed so shocking at the time that people would try to do this to a sitting politician. Well, now the podcast chameleon is diving into this to find out what really happened. And let me tell you, there are so many twists and turns. I feel like it might as well be a movie at this point. Joining us now is Jessica Garrison, the host of Chameleon, The Michigan Plot. Jessica, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This does seem like quite the story. Did you even know what you were getting into when you started this? We had absolutely no idea what we were getting into. Um, I mean, we started looking at this, um, my colleague Ken Bensinger and I, back in early 2021. And, you know, sort of right after January 6th. And we thought, what we want to find out is what's going on with extremism in America. And so we started looking at this Michigan case, which was making its way through the courts. And what we found was a kind of wildly different than what we expected. In what way? Well, I mean, we, we were interested in sort of people on the far right who were, you know, raising all kinds of um, kind of attacks and questions against the kind of established democratic order in the U.S. But what we also found was how deeply involved the Federal Bureau of Investigation was in this case from day one. Day one? What do you mean? Day one. Uh, well, I mean, there had been, the, you know, the FBI had managed to get an informant into this group um, kind of from their very first training. And that informant um, very quickly became kind of one of the leaders of the group. And it was that informant that kind of connected this group to it, you know, this va- this kind of very radical vacuum store clerk named Adam Fox. And he kind of put this militia together with Adam Fox. And then he kind of worked with them to come up with this alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. And I know that, that you know, the, the other side of this, they've tried to portray this as, well, it wasn't really serious. It was just a bunch of people talking. But if the FBI was involved from the very beginning, I don't know, Jessica, that kind of paints a different picture, doesn't it? Well, I think, you know, what's interesting about this whole case is that they never actually kidnapped anybody, right? And they never actually even bought, you know, they were arrested as they were allegedly on the way to purchase materials to make a bomb, um, which is totally terrifying. On the other hand, they never actually purchased them. So we don't know at the end of the day, would these people have done anything or not? And and we, you know, the answer is no one knows because the FBI stopped it. Um, And I think what's so interesting to us about the case is, you know, now that we kind of have these tapes, which allows us to hear what these people were saying, when you listen to what they're saying, you're like, well, it would be, you know, you definitely would want, you know, you wouldn't want the FBI to be like, nothing to see here, moving on. Um, On the other hand, you also hear when you listen to the tapes, how deeply involved, you know, the very huge number of undercover and um, agents and informants were in this case. And you kind of wonder, well, if the FBI hadn't been in there, would anything have happened? And you don't know, which I think to me is what's so interesting about it. Okay. What do you mean by that? Well, would, would any, would these people have developed a plot without the FBI? 
and it's impossible to know because FBI informants were at every meeting. Um, they were kind of in the middle of every meeting. In some cases, they were saying, you guys, you need a plan. You need a plan. Um, and so I think the question becomes, without the FBI, would there ever have been a plan or would there just have been a lot of talk? Ooh, that sounds awfully close to entrapment on some of that. Well, I mean, entrapment is a legal thing that is extremely difficult to establish in the United States. So I, th- I think that is sort of the question, right? I mean, I think this has, you know, juries have looked at this and juries have emerged with split decisions. You know, some of these people were convicted. Some of these people were acquitted. Um, So it's very, it's kind of, I mean, it's very nuanced. It's very hard to know. And what's kind of fascinating to us is that juries never heard what you can hear in this podcast, which is hours and hours and hours of tape of what really happened. Some of it came out, very little snippets of it. But in this podcast, we were able to get huge, you know, pieces of it. And you kind of really hear who these people are and what they were saying. And it's it's amazing. Jessica, can you give us an idea of how this has changed? Like with the FBI in years past, decades past, they were criticized for not paying enough attention to these militias and to these kind of domestic issues. Does this case indicate that that has changed? I think that is, you know, I think this is one of the, this is a seminal and huge case in the FBI's efforts to combat domestic extremism. Huge numbers of resources went into it, and it it is a sign that they are really taking the threat of kind of far-right extremism very seriously. Um, And what's, you know, another thing that's interesting about this case that people have pointed out is that these are tactics that the FBI has used against Muslims, you know, and earlier than that against, you know, people like the Black Panthers. Um, And in this case, these were tactics that they used against kind of homegrown white men, um, which made a lot of people really upset. It reminds me of something that we've talked a lot about here in Canada, and that's something called the Mr. Big Sting that police Uh have here have used. It's very similar to the way you just described. So is this just like a police tactic? Um, so first of all, I love the sound of the Mr. Big Sting. I'm not familiar with it. Um, how does it work? Um, tell me. It's very similar to what you just described is, and it's been used against gangs here, uh, in Canada where police infiltrate the group and they pose as a big time gangster who, you know, gets in there, offers advice, you know, makes things happen, that kind of thing, and becomes the, the kind of confidant of, of the groups. And it's been used with controversy here in Canada too, but police do continue to use this. I mean, I'm not an expert on like all, you know, police tactics, but I think in general, yeah. I mean, in order to infiltrate a group, it really helps to have someone in that group that everybody trusts. And in this case, one of the informants was so trusted by these guys that he was, you know, kind of there. He was training them. They came to him for advice. They trusted him absolutely. There are these sort of, you know, incredible moments in the tape where they're like, someone in this group is a fed. Um, But they're like, but don't worry, we know it's not you. Um, So, yeah, I think that is a tactic that works very well. um, So much psychological warfare in there, isn't there? I mean, it is, it is 
there are these, you know, I mean, at the heart of all of these always is a betrayal, right? Someone you trust turns out to be not on your side. And how did this turn out? What was the legal outcome in these cases? Well, in the, there were they, they were all arrested, or most of them, there were 14 people charged. 13 of them were arrested in October of 2020, right before the presidential election. Um, some of them were charged with federal crimes, and some of them were charged in state court in Michigan. Um, and in, there were seven people charged in the federal case. Uh, three of them pled. Um, two of them were acquitted. Two of them were convicted. And then in the state, there were two separate state cases, one in um, Jackson County in um, kind of central Michigan and one up in northern Michigan in Antrim County. In Jackson County, they were convicted. And in Antrim County, some pled and some were acquitted. So it was very split verdicts. Um, you know, juries really wrestled with this and and couldn't always decide. It is some fascinating storytelling. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us to talk about it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. That's Jessica Garrison, host of Chameleon, The Michigan Plot. This is the latest season of the podcast Chameleon, where they are diving into this infamous plot to kidnap the former, the governor of Michigan, uh, actually, Gretchen Whitmer. Do you remember this from a few years ago? And the this is a tale that takes many twists and turns, and it did remind me of those Mr. Big stings that we have heard used so many times, controversially, uh, here in Canada, too.